Well, turn in your Bible one last time for just a very few moments to the book of 2 Thessalonians chapter number 1. 2 Thessalonians chapter number 1. And in just a few moments, I'm going to read just four verses of Scripture that I simply could not get away from while seeking the Lord's will for the service tonight. 2 Thessalonians chapter number 1. If you've been blessed to be here, every service of the World Missions Conference, and many of you have, you've been here every single night, then you're very much aware that I've preached on missions every single night. This morning, during the Sunday school hour, I taught on the work of prayer in missions or in world evangelism. And I preached this morning how that we are compelled by the cross of Calvary to reach a lost and dying world with the gospel. But honestly, when I'm around a pastor, as good a pastor as you're blessed to have here at Central Baptist Church, the pastor inside of me comes out. And so I, I want to preach tonight to Central Baptist Church. And I think you'll see the text will apply to reaching the world with the gospel. Uh, but throughout the course of my travels, I guess having pastored myself, I always try to, of course, preach what the Lord lays on my heart, but I ask myself, now, if I was the pastor of this church, what would I want the visiting, visiting evangelist to say? Well, I'm going to preach a message tonight that I would want the visiting evangelist to preach if I was the pastor. I want to help your pastor and his wife. I want to help this church. Uh, I, I believe with all of my heart, as you follow the faith of your man of God in the days to come, God, through His leadership, is going to lead you to greener pastors. And so that's what I felt impressed of the Lord to do while zeroing in on the first four verses of 2 Thessalonians chapter number 1. I want to preach tonight for just a few moments on this thought, a church member to thank God for. Someone asked me on one occasion, Preacher, can't I be saved and yet not be a member of a local Bible-believing church? And of course, the ultimate answer to that question would be yes, but it would sort of be like being a soldier without ever joining an army. It would sort of be like being a football player or a baseball player, but never joining a team. Friend, I want you to listen to what I'm getting ready to say. The more I read and study my Bible, the more I am absolutely convinced that it is the perfect will of God for every born-again, blood-bought child of God to have their name on the active role of a local Bible-believing church. Every Christian needs a man to call pastor. Every child of God needs a church to call home. Every Christian needs the fellowship, the spiritual food, and the kind of focus in their Christian lives that only comes from playing an active role in a local Bible-believing church. And therefore, with that in mind, again, I'm preaching on the thought tonight for just a few moments, a church member to thank God for. 
I think you and I will discover throughout the course of the message this evening that not only should every child of God be a member of a local church, but every child of God ought to strive to be the kind of church member that causes others to thank God for them. Well, here in the text that God has directed us to tonight, I believe we witness the lives of such church members. These, ladies and gentlemen, are church members to thank God for. If you're able, would you please stand as we read these four verses of Scripture together. 2 Thessalonians chapter number 1, verse number 1. Paul and Silvanus and Timotheus unto the church of the Thessalonians in God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. Grace unto you and peace from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. We are bound to thank God always for you, brethren, as it is meet, because that your faith groweth exceedingly, and the charity of every one of you all toward each other aboundeth, so that we ourselves glory in you in the churches of God for your patience and faith in all your persecutions and tribulations that ye endure. Now, I'm going to stop reading right there, but I want to encourage you to leave your Bibles open as all few points of the message will be taken directly from the text that I've just been blessed to read within your hearing. Let's bow our heads, shall we, for a moment of prayer. Lord, you have certainly been good to us this week. I want to thank you for every song. My, how my heart has been challenged by the good trio singing tonight. And I'm glad to know that it is still the blood that saves from sin. Oh, what a blessing. Thank you for the good singing by the choir tonight. I'm glad I am a whosoever. And I rejoice in the message and song from the choir tonight. But Father, you know now, for just a few moments, I want to be a blessing to my dear friend, Dr. Bloom, Mrs. Bloom, their family, and the wonderful church family of Central Baptist Church of Ocala, Florida. So, Father, I pray that you would speak through me the words these dear people stand in need of hearing, no more, no less, and I'll give you glory for helping me, for truly without you, I am nothing. I'll give you glory for your assistance tonight. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. Thank you for standing. You can be seated. Let me call your attention once again, if I may, to verse number three of the verses of Scripture before us, as this single verse will be used as the key text of the message that God has laid on my heart for this Sunday evening service. Verse number three of 2 Thessalonians chapter one says, We are bound to thank God always for you, brethren, as it is meet, because that your faith groweth exceedingly, and the charity of every one of you all toward each other aboundeth. Now as you dig into this single verse of Scripture with me tonight, I want to call your attention, if I may, to a nine-word phrase that I trust the Holy Ghost will allow to find a lodging place in our hearts before we leave the Central Baptist Church tonight. Those nine words are simply this. 
we are bound to thank God always for you. Here, ladies and gentlemen, in this portion of the Word of God, the Bible teaches us beyond a shadow of a doubt that it is possible to be the kind of person, to be the kind of friend, to be the kind of Christian that others thank God for. In fact, as you and I begin to consider the text that I've read within your hearing in depth, we'll discover that here the Apostle Paul, as he was led of the Holy Ghost of God to do so, not only declares that he thanked God for the Thessalonians, but primarily for three very specific groups of Thessalonian believers as well. And therefore, I don't know about you, but I'm very, very interested to know what those three groups of Christians at Thessalonica were. If Paul thanked God for them, and he certainly did according to our key text tonight, then what was it about them that caused Paul every time that God brought their names to his remembrance to stop what he was doing, throw both hands in the air and say, thank God. Let's address this question tonight, shall we? For the next very few moments before we dismiss. What kind of church member did Paul thank God for? Well, the answer is right here in the text before us. First of all, number one, Paul thanked God for those growing up church members. Can I prove it to you? Look at, if you would please, again in verse number three. Verse number three says, We are bound to thank God always for you, brethren, as it is meet. Watch your Bible now. Because that your faith groweth exceedingly. And so according to the Bible, the very first kind of church member that Paul thanked God for were those church members at Thessalonica whose faith was growing exceedingly. Paul thanked God for those church members, listen, who were maturing in the things of the Lord. In fact, if you'll notice uh, in verse number 3 again, Paul specifically mentioned that their faith wasn't slightly growing. Uh, they were not marginally growing in the things of God. Oh no, their faith, according to verse 3, was growing exceedingly. They were maturing in the things of God. They were progressing in their walk with the Lord Jesus Christ. And therefore, since they were maturing spiritually in the things of God. Paul's heart was encouraged. And every time that he thought about them, every time God brought their name to his remembrance, Paul stopped in his tracks, threw both hands towards heaven, and said, thank God. He thanked God because since their faith was growing exceedingly, they were much more interested in being a blessing to the church as opposed to being a burden to the church. 
because their faith was growing exceedingly, they weren't nearly as interested in what the church could do for them as they were interested in what they could do for the church. Hey, these folks, since their faith was growing exceedingly, they were much more interested in helping the local church than they were hindering the local church. Since their faith was growing and not growing just marginally or slightly as so many of God's children's faith is growing today, since their faith was growing exceedingly, they were much more interested in spreading the Lord's gospel than they were in spreading the latest gossip. Amen? The Bible says their faith was growing exceedingly. They were making much of the Bible and therefore the Bible was making much of them. They were making much of the closet of prayer and therefore the closet of prayer was making much of them. They were loving their fellow brothers and sisters in Christ as opposed to letting them have it. They were fervent in worship. They were fervent in the work of God. They were fervent in witnessing for the Lord Jesus Christ. They were determined to keep the main thing the main thing and we don't have to wonder or worry about that tonight because the Bible goes to great lengths to teach us that these folks were maturing in the things of the Lord. They were progressing. The Bible says their faith was growing exceedingly. They were what I have called growing up church members. Now, do you want to know the kind of Christians that ought to be members of the Central Baptist Church of Ocala, Florida? Church members whose faith is growing exceedingly. Can I say this tonight and say it without apology? You and I both ought to be further down the road in our walk with Christ tonight than we were even one year ago. Amen? You haven't arrived. Well, preacher, I'll have you to know I've been saved 149 years. Wait, can I just say something that may startle you? It may shock you tonight. Christian growth is not determined by how old a person is in the Lord. Just because you've been saved 149 years doesn't mean you're spiritually mature. I personally have known Christians, Brother Fury, that have been saved less than a year to be more mature in the things of God than those that have been saved by decades. You haven't arrived yet. You know what I love about Bible college? I love going to Bible college. I crammed about uh, seven years into 15 years myself. I've been to Bible college, but you know Bible college, I don't care what degree you have hanging on the wall, is really a college that we never graduate from because we should always be learning and maturing and progressing in our walk with the Lord Jesus Christ. Can I say this tonight? It's not a sin to be a baby in Christ, but it sure is a sin to remain a babe in Christ. 1 Peter chapter 2 and verse 2, as newborn babes desire the sincere milk of the word that ye may what? Grow thereby. 2 Peter chapter 3 verse 18, but grow in grace and in the knowledge of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ to him be glory both now and forever. Amen. Do you want to be the kind of church member 
that every time God brings your face, every time God brings your name to Pastor Bloom's mind, that it causes him to stop in his tracks, throw both hands toward heaven, and say, thank God. Do you want to be that kind of church member? Then let me say to you tonight, since it's my last night, that he's too nice to say, what he's too nice to say. Grow up! Grow up. Amen? You should be growing in the things of God. I don't care how long you've been saved. You should always be progressing, maturing, growing in the things of God. Paul said, I press toward the mark of the high calling of God in Christ Jesus. If Paul was continuously pressing and moving and progressing in his walk with Christ, what makes you think you and I shouldn't be progressing and maturing? in our walk with the Lord Jesus Christ. The story's been told of a little girl. Her mama picked her up. She'd fell asleep on the couch in the living room. It was about 10 o'clock at night. Her mama picked her up and took her into her bedroom, uh, put her in her bed, pulled the covers up and kissed her goodnight and went off to her room. She was just on the verge of falling asleep herself and she heard the little girl cry out from her own bedroom. And of course her motherly instincts kicked in and she hopped right up out of bed and she ran into the little girl's bedroom and the little girl had fallen out of the bed. The mama picked her up again. She put her in the bed. She said, honey, why? how did you fall out of the bed? And the little girl said, Uh, Well, Mama, I guess I just stayed too close to where I got in at. Listen, do you want to know why folks fall out of church? They stay too close to where they got in at. You want to be the kind of church member that others would thank God for? Grow up. Go on for God. You know what? I love studying the book of Hebrews. I love the book of Hebrews. And when you study the book of Hebrews, you'll discover that the book was written to those who were Hebrew in blood, but Christian in faith. But because they had never progressed in their walk with Christ, there was a danger of those Hebrew believers slipping back into the ritualistic practices of Judaism. And therefore, there is a phrase that you and I will read as we study the book of Hebrews over and over and over again. Do you know what that phrase is? Here's what it is. Let us go on unto perfection. You'll see it over and over again. Let us go on unto perfection. And of course, that word perfection doesn't make reference to spiritual perfection or sinless perfection, but it speaks, ladies and gentlemen, of spiritual maturity. You know what God is saying through the writer of the book of Hebrews? Over and over again, God is saying, be a growing up Christian. Grow up, go on, progress, mature in the things of God. Paul said in verse 3, We are bound to thank God always for you, brethren, as it is meet, because that your faith groweth exceedingly. What kind of church member did Paul thank God for? Number one, Paul thanked God for those growing up church members. Secondly, Paul thanked God for those getting along church members. 
Look, if you would, please, again in verse 3. We are bound to thank God always for you, brethren, as it is me. Watch your Bible now. Because that your faith groweth exceedingly, and the charity of every one of you all toward each other abound. So here it is, according to the Bible, the kind of church member that Paul thanked God for was not only those growing up Christians, but Paul thanked God for those getting along Christians. In fact, here in verse 3, you and I actually witnessed right before our very eyes a direct, a, a direct uh, example of Paul's prayers being answered. Can I prove it to you? Flip back a page with me to the book of 1 Thessalonians chapter 3. 1 Thessalonians chapter 3. Notice what your Bible says in verse number 9. Paul writes, For what thanks can we render to God again for you? For all the joy wherewith we joy for your sakes before our God. Night and day, watch your Bible, praying exceedingly that we might see your face and might perfect that, is, that which is lacking in your faith. Now God himself and our Father and our Lord Jesus Christ direct our way unto you, and the Lord make you to increase and abound in love one toward another and toward all men, even as we do toward you. And so here in 1 Thessalonians chapter 3, Paul had prayed that the Thessalonians' love would abound toward each other. And by the time the Holy Ghost of God inspired Paul to pen the book of 2 Thessalonians, God had answered that prayer. Because we see Paul specifically in verse number 3 thanking God not only for those growing up Christians, but he's thanking God for those getting along Christians as well. Oh, listen, love ought to abound at Central Baptist Church of Ocala, Florida. This place ought to be known for that, and I know that it has been known for that over the years. But I assure you, any church that's doing anything for the cause of the Lord Jesus Christ is a target for the enemy. He will do anything he can to get you upset with you. He'll do anything he can to get you upset with you. Because if he can divide you, do you think you're going to make the goal of $207,000 so that others can hear the gospel? Absolutely not. Do you think you're going to reach Ocala, Florida with the gospel if you are limited because the congregation of this church is fighting amongst themselves? Absolutely not. Let me ask you something. If I told you there was something you could do for Pastor Bloom that would not only make his day, it would make his life a lot easier. And what if I told you that it wouldn't cost a dime? You wouldn't have to put it in the budget of the church next year. It wouldn't cost a single penny. If I told you there was something that you could do for your pastor to make his life 
Would you be interested in knowing what that was? Sure you would, because many of you this week, many of you have told me how much you love Dr. and Mrs. Bloom. Every time I come here, I'm told that not just once, not just twice, but many times. You love your preacher, and you love your preacher's wife, and you love their family. Well, let me just tell you how you can be a blessing to them. Get along. If you'd just get along, he wouldn't have to take a half a baby aspirin to go to sleep every night. <laughs> but if you're not going to get along, and if you're not going to work together, and if you're going to walk around with a chip the size of the county in which you're living on your shoulder, daring somebody to knock it off, listen, he's going to have a lot of sleepless nights. Would you do something for my friend? Would you give him a better life? Listen, he's going to be your pastor until he's 150 years old. He's just now got his second wind. Amen. So let me tell you how you can keep him until he's 100. Get along! Get along. Love each other. Work together. Listen, there's a lot of things when somebody says something to you, the enemy will sow a seed of doubt in your mind. Well, what do they mean by that? Hey, I got some great advice for you. Let it go. Let it go. You say, preacher, what do you do? Listen, in our business, Dr. Bloom, am I not telling it right? You better let a lot of things go. Now, of course, we're not going to compromise. We're going to stand for the truths of the Word of God. But I'll tell you this right now. I refuse to argue with you over the color of the toilet paper in the ladies' and the men's bathroom. I'm not going to do that. I've got bigger fish to fry than that. I encourage you, don't argue about things like that. That's not the main thing. The main thing is what we have done here this week. We have determined by the good grace of God to do more, to reach a lost and dying world with the gospel. But if that's going to be the case, you're going to have to get along. Amen. Paul thanked God for those getting along Christians. Paul thanked God for those growing up Christians. And finally tonight, Paul thanked God for those going through Christians. I want you to look, if you would please, in verse 4. Verse 4 of our text says, So that we ourselves glory in you in the churches of God, watch your Bible now, for your patience and faith in all your persecutions and tribulations that ye endure. Now let me encourage you to consider the context of Paul's writing. When you study your Bible, you'll discover that the church of Thessalonica, brother, they knew something about being persecuted for the cause of the Lord Jesus Christ. I mean, here in this single verse alone, Paul mentions persecutions as well as tribulations that the Christians at Thessalonica had to endure for the cause of Christ. They, quite frankly, unlike any of us, knew what it was like to literally, physically, mentally, and certainly spiritually suffer for the cause of the Lord Jesus Christ. But in spite of it all, Brother Jason, they didn't quit serving God. They didn't quit living for God. 
They didn't point their finger towards heaven and declare, Lord, you're not fair. Absolutely not. In spite of persecutions, they endured. In spite of troubles, they determined with all that's within them to go through. And may I say, there is a lot to be said about being a going through Christian. Thank God for those going through Christians. One of the things I love about meetings like this, I love during the meals that are served, having an opportunity to sit and uh, talk to members of the church that I would never have an opportunity to talk to any other time. I remember at uh, the meal we had as uh, a church family Saturday morning at breakfast. I was sitting, uh, I think it was with the Lord's there. We were sitting there together and, and uh, I, somebody asked me, hey, Preacher, the, the Macedonian missionaries, don't you want to sit with them? I said, oh, are you kidding? I get to see them a lot. I want to talk to you folks. I, I want to get to know you. And uh, I love just getting to know and talk to people. And this morning at men's prayer time, I sat with this young gentleman right over here. I don't remember his name. You know, I really, Miss Ronjoni told her testimony, one of the funny stories Saturday morning about that prayer time. Well, we had prayer meeting out here and I didn't know what to do. And Brother Bloom, Brother Bloom got up and made a few announcements and then he mentioned some prayer requests and then he went and sat down. So I thought, well, all of us are just going to sit here with our head bowed and pray. But this dear kind brother over here, this young man over here, he said, Preacher, would you like to pray with us? I said, oh man, yeah. And so he began to pray. And then after he finished, I began to pray. And after I finished praying, this young man right here began to pray as well. And we'd have the best time of prayer together. And after the service, after we finished praying, I said to this young man, I said, now how long have you been here? And he told me. And it was, I don't remember the exact year, but it was a long time. You've been here a long time. You, you were here during Brother Bloom number one. And now Brother Bloom number two. And he's been here a long time. And listen, I, I begin to think as he began to tell me how many years he had been here. Thank God. Preacher, you've pastored before. It isn't those Christians that are in and out and up and down and they may be your buddy one week and your enemy the next. It's not those Christians that cause you to wave your hands towards heaven and say, thank God. Oh, no, no, no. It's those going through Christians. I'm going to tell you something. I don't know when or if I'll ever get to come back. I don't know that for sure. The Lord may come back and don't tell him I said so. But if the Lord comes back, Brother Saunders can preach the next missions conference. <laughs> I don't know if I'll ever get to come back. The Lord may come back before then. But I'll tell you this. I'll tell you this. If I get to come back, brother, I'm going to be looking for you. I am. I'm going to be looking for you, brother. I'm going to be looking for you, brother. 
I think it was this gentleman right here in this purple shirt and these beautiful suspenders that come up to me this morning. He said, Preacher, hallelujah. You may not be able to touch the microphone, but you touched heaven in that message this morning. I said, hallelujah. Boy, that spurred me on, Preacher. I appreciate that. It's them going through church members. You, you want to be the kind of church member that calls Dr. Bloom and Mrs. Bloom every time your name comes up in a conversation, they'll say, oh, thank God. Well, I want to tell you, if that's going to be the case, you're going to have to be a going through Christian. Go on for God. So what if they said something you didn't like? <laughs> One of the reasons why I don't get on social media, I don't want to see what they're saying about me. You say, preacher, and I've had this happen. Preacher, did you see what they said about? Nope. You say, well, wait a minute, preacher. You have a Twitter account. Yeah, but I have another guy does it for me. I don't even know how to get on it. I don't even have a Twitter password. And I'll go ahead and tell you right now, if you want me to be your friend on Facebook, I'm going to have to be your friend some other way. I don't even know how to befriend somebody on Facebook. I don't, I, really, I don't know how. I say, well, preacher, wait a minute. I got on, you've got a Facebook. Some other guy does it for me. I don't do it. I have found it best for my own sleeping at night. Don't get on social media. Now that's just me and the Lord. If you want to live on social media, that's between you and the Lord. But I will say this, since it's my last night and I'm fixing to leave and I already got the check. <laughs> if we spent half as much time in God's book as you spend in Facebook, we can reach the world with the gospel. So, when you get on there tonight and run me down like a dog, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going on. I'll go home tomorrow, have a doctor's appointment Thursday, be in the office Tuesday and Wednesday, go to the doctor's office on Thursday, take Friday off and wash my clothes, pack a bag, leave Saturday for Kentucky, Preach Sunday through Tuesday at one place in Kentucky. Go to another place in Kentucky Wednesday through Sunday. I ain't got time to worry about what you put about me on Facebook. Go on. Go on. Preacher, it hurt. Go on. Grow up. Go on. Go through. Get along. Go on. Now, I'm going to close with my most favorite spiritual poem of all time. I thought, Brother uh, Peter, that this would be a good way to close the conference out. I'm talking about going on. If you want to be the kind of church member Dr. Bloom thanks God for, then go on. Go on. Go on. Two frogs fell in a can of cream. I told you it was spiritual. Two frogs fell into a can of cream, or so I've heard it told. The sides of the can were shiny and steep. The cream was deep, and it was cold. Oh, what's the use, croaked number one. Tis fate, no helps around. Goodbye, my friends. Goodbye, sad world. And weeping, the first frog drowned. 
But number two of sterner stuff, dog paddled in surprise the while he wiped his creamy face and dried his creamy eyes. Oh, I swim a while at least, he croaked, or so I've heard, he said. It really would not help the world if one more frog was dead. So he swam and kicked and swam and kicked not once did he stop to mutter, but he swam and kicked and swam and kicked and hopped out because the cream had turned to butter. <laughs> Here's what I want to leave you with. The Lord has been so good I've been in a different church every Sunday of my life for almost seven years now. And Dr. Satterfield, am I saying it right? Brother Jason, am I saying it right? I want you to listen to what I'm saying. And I know I'm going out all over the world in what I'm getting ready to say. I understand that. I've never been in a finer church. This is a very, very special place. You best keep your eyes on Jesus. You best grow up. You best get along. You best go through. Because if you don't, I'm coming back down here and beating every one of you within an inch of my life. Be the kind of church member that others would thank God for. You've listened so well. Let's bow our heads for prayer.